Welcome to another life-changing message. I have the good pleasure of starting this series off. And, you know, Pastor, like I said, he doesn't do things normally, but, you know, we love him the same. Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, this is going to be your word. This is what you're speaking about. So my topic is, hello, future. My name is Courage. Yeah. <laughs> so before I really get too deep in, I just want to, I want some interaction. Like, I'm, I'm going to interact with y'all. It's not going to be me just talking. We're going to interact. I just want somebody to tell me what their ver- meaning of courage is. What is your meaning of courage? Anybody, it doesn't matter. To be brave, to be bold, boldness, to confront your fear. Doing it, I like that. That is good. Who said that? All right, Carrie, look. Yeah. See, the Lord said courage is going, knowing I don't have the tools to win the battle. But if God said go, I know victory is at hand. So we got to understand that Courage is not something that's easy. Courage is not easy. It's not something that um, you can just do. You literally have to look fear in the face and say, in spite of, I'm still going to go. In spite of me not understanding, in spite of me not knowing, in spite of me not even feeling like it, I'm going to show up. Because courage is showing up in the face of fear. Right? So, um, let me give you guys my verses. We're going to go through these verses real quick. Um, I know we're a technology-driven church, but I'm going to ask somebody, please, can you bring my phone from the charger? I just wanted something in my phone I wanted to read. I'm sorry. Um, But I'm coming from Judges, guys, the sixth chapter. Um, And my guy who I want to speak on is Gideon. Um, (laughs) That's... That's, that's my guy, Gideon. Um, because Gideon didn't come from royalty. He didn't come from a prominent family. He didn't come from anything that might speak of the quest and the things that he was able to do for God, right? He came from a lowly family. He even said, but God, I'm the least of the least. He called himself the least of the least. He said, I don't got the tools to do what you're asking me to do. But the one thing about this series and what God was saying even to Gideon, he said, if I called you, I'm calling you not from your present, but from your future. I'm calling you based on your future, not your present. Because God says, whatever I say, I speak into I'm speaking into who you already are. I'm not calling you based on who you are right now. Not who you see you are, who I see you are as. I'm calling you mighty warrior because that's who I created you to be. I'm calling you prophet because that's who I created you to be. I'm calling you evangelist because that's who I created you to be. God speaks to us in future tense, not present tense. He calls us based on what we already are. Listen, I'm getting excited. We're going we're gonna to have to back it up a little bit. But um, we just want to understand that we see ourselves totally different from the lens that God sees us in, right? If Jeremiah said, before I formed you, I knew you. 
Don't you understand God was speaking to our future even before we were born? He was speaking into our future before we even came into being. Because, let me, let me give y'all this. He spoke into our future because he spoke to our parents already before we even knew who our parents were. Right? Before he said, I'm going to make you this person or give you this, these people as parents, God knew the DNA, he knew the structure and environment that you had to be born in for you to be who you are. And understand, it's not always pleasant. It's not always a good environment. It's not always a prominent environment. But the most extraordinary things come from the most ordinary people. But that extra is the anointing. The extra is the anointing. So understand that this extraordinary thing that God did came from an ordinary man. Because if it had came from somebody prominent, nobody would have responded the way, you know, that we wanted them to. Nobody would have responded. Nobody would have, because it would have been like, oh, well, he comes from a family of warriors. He comes from a family of people who do mighty works of valor. God took the least of the least and performed a great miracle. Why? Because God said, when I speak, I'll speak to you from future tense. Ah, okay. I'm going to read some stuff now. I'm going to read a little bit. <laughs> but, um... One of the things I wanted to read um, that I got off of Bible Hub is something that uh, uh, struck out to me when I was studying. Um, it says the call of Gideon. And it, was, it says it is prof, prof, probable that Gideon already distinguished himself in the resistance to the Midianites. You know, this was the tribe that had uh, their Israel in captivity for seven years. Right, because they had got back into idol worship. They had begun doing the things that God, how many times delivered them from, right? Even in us, look at us, right? We just like Israel. We get pulled out, we get delivered, and as soon as something happens that we can't handle, we go right back to oppression. We go right back to enslavement and bondage. Because bondage is comfortable when you don't know who you are, when you don't know who you are. Now, when we say that again, Bondage is comfortable when you don't know who you are. Because if all you know is slavery, you introduce me to freedom, this is foreign to me. Because I've never been without chains. I've never been without a burden. I've never been without something that dictates me. So we have to understand that in the future, there are no chains. There is no bondage. Yes. <clears throat> Whew, man. Just let me, I'm, I'm, I'm warming up. All right. <laughs> but um, one of the things that it said is that when Gideon was called, he was called directly by God, right? Gideon didn't believe in his call. It wasn't like, oh, God called me, I'm going. Yeah, we're doing this. Gideon said, God, is that really you? He was like, if it's you, show me a sign. How many of us do that? God, that's really you? If you, if you really want me to do this, I need you to make sure it's you. I need you to show me a sign. So Gideon asked God for a couple of signs. He said, God, I'm going to put this fleece down, and if it's wet in the morning and the grass is dry, I know it's you. He came back in the morning, wet, grass dry. He was like, all right, okay, that, that might have been luck. You know, maybe the weather, you know, made it work out for me. 
He said, okay, God, I got one more request. This time, I want you to wet the grass and keep the fleece dry. Then I'm going to know it's you. God did it. So after that, God said, I want you to go to the altar. I want you to go to the altar of Baal and take it down and replace it with a shrine to me. <clears throat> Don't you know that when God calls you, he always comes with a command? He comes with a command that lets you know, this is me. Because it's something that in your own strength you can't do. Think about it. If Gideon was to go take down the altar of Baal without the calling of God, he would have been killed right away, right? He went under the cover of night for fear of being discovered. But don't you know the funny thing about courage? Courage kills fear when you operate in, under God's will. You can be scared and still do God's will, right? Because courage covers fear. It says, I know you're afraid, but I'm still going to allow you to move and operate because I have a call and a plan. I ain't even read my verses, y'all. Let me read my verses real quick. <laughs> Let me read my verses. This is good. This is none, none of this is on my paper either. I don't, all right, God, do, do your thing. <laughs> um, it judges the sixth chapter, like I said. Um, and I'm coming from three, three verses. Three verses um, that, as I read the story, I believe really touched on um, what God is trying to do with this series and, and this word. Um, the first verse was this. He came and said to Gideon, the first thing God said already was a prophetic decree to Gideon. Um, Judges, the sixth chapter, the 12th verse. And I'm reading from the New King James. And it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. He didn't say the Lord is with you, Gideon. He said the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Valor means I honor God or I honor and obey the call that's on my life, right? That's valor. Valor is saying, yo, I'm going to do something that I know I can't win. But because I'm who I am, I'm going to do it anyway. <clears throat> right. Why this story is so great and one of my favorite stories is because I'm a movie watcher, and this, this is the real story of the 300, right? <laughs> this is the real story of the 300. Because when, when Gideon first came in, once he destroyed the altar of Baal, people were running to serve him, right? Oh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll fight with you. I'll fight with you. And God said, that's too many soldiers. He said, this is too many people. Understand, with God, numbers don't matter. Numbers do not matter when it comes to God, right? Because God will cause the numbers to turn in your favor even though it doesn't look like it. So as God began to speak and deal with Gideon, he said, Gideon answered him after this call and said, 
Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> if the Lord is with us, then why has this happened to us? Where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Here's another prophetic word. The Lord then turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the Midianites. Have I not sent you? He didn't say, I'm going to give you more strength, Gideon, to do this. He said, go in the strength you have. That means he didn't need anything else. He didn't need no more strength. He didn't need another word. All he needed was to go in the strength he already had. Because understand something, when you begin to pull your future into your present, everything you need comes with it. You don't need anything else. You don't need more money. You don't need more anointing. All you need is to pull it into what you already have. Just pull it. God says pull your future into your now and watch the things you can do. Watch what you can accomplish if you just pull what I already gave you into your now. So many of us are stuck because we're speaking to God from the wrong tense. We're speaking to God from a place of lack when God says, speak to me from abundance. We're speaking to God from a place of fear when God says, just have faith. We're speaking to God from a place where all we see is us when he's looking for us to see him. So just speak from what God has already called you to speak from and watch what you can do. Watch what you can do if you allow God to, to lead, right? Hello, future, my name is. That is a decree. Hello, future, my name is. Whatever your name is, start speaking it just like that. Hello, future, my name is now. Hello, future, my name is bravery. Hello, future, my name is abundance. Because you already have all you need. The Bible says, go in the strength you have. Go in the strength you have. So as God began to, to set the scene with Gideon, he began to, you know, filter out, you know, his plan. And he began to say, okay, Gideon, you got too many soldiers. This is too many for what I'm trying to do. Imagine hearing that. You like, because in war, you need all the hands you can get. In war, you need everybody to, to come and come prepared. So imagine when God said, yeah, um, that's too many. You got, you got too many people there. So he's like, okay, how do I, what do I do? So God begins to give him commands. Understand, when God begins to speak to us, like I said, it comes with commands. And if you listen specifically to what God tells you, you'll be able to operate in such a powerful place. So he began to tell Gideon, take them to drink by the river. All those who drink like this, put them over here. All those who drink like that, put them over here. So as they begin to drink, he began to filter out. He said, all right, everybody over here, collect their weapon, y'all could go home. <laughs> Listen, you tell me I could go home from war? All right, peace. All right, look, I, I volunteered. I'm, I'm leaving, right? You tell me I could go home from war, please. I'm leaving. I'm out. So, so now um, I could imagine Gideon looking at God and saying, now we have half of what we had before. We have half. And God said, that's still too many. <laughs> still too much. 
<laughs> nah, God, you wildin'. This is too much. I only got 3,000, whatever amount of soldiers. They got 120,000 soldiers. And you telling me 3,000 is too much? God says, with me, numbers don't matter. Do you remember what I did in Israel with Pharaoh? Do you remember the Red Sea? I could have just imagined God. You remember the Red Sea, Gideon? Remember that? Pharaoh and all of them. Remember what I did? Because again, we forget what God does when it's our time to go in. We forget. Oh, oh. you did that with them, God. That wasn't me. You did that with them. Look, you helped Moses with the Red Sea. I wasn't there. That ain't had nothing to do with me, God. Now you telling me you want me to go with this little bit of soldiers to a camp with 125,000 soldiers? That, matter of fact, trained soldiers. These weren't trained men. These were volunteers. They came with trumpets and torches. <laughs> they came with trumpets and torches. They were trying to play music. They were going to sing them to death. But they volunteered. So, after, <laughs> after everything was done and said, right? Everything was said and done. Gideon ended up with 300 soldiers to go raid an army of 125,000. Miracle alert, right? Miracle alert right now. So God says, this is what I want you to do. He says, I want you to go under the cover of darkness, but your decree for God and for Gideon, because Gideon sent spies into the camp, and they were already afraid. See, this is the problem. <laughs> we walk afraid of what's afraid of us. How are you scared of what's scared of you? You know, we walk in things that we're afraid of, but they're already afraid of us. But because we don't know who we are, we don't realize that they're operating in a fearful place and we're not operating out of a faithful place. So, <laughs> okay, Ryan says, say it again. I said, when we don't know who we are, we don't realize that the enemy operates out of a fearful place and we should operate out of a faithful place. Where his fear is, we should have faith. Where, his, where he's afraid to approach, we should be running to. Because we're going with God already. We're going with the might of the Lord. God says, go in the strength you have. We're already going in all the strength we need. Right? So, as God told Gideon what to do, he said, we're going to break you guys up. You're going to go on that side. You're going to go on this side. You're going to go in the front. We're all going to blow our trumpets, swing our torches, and run down the mountain saying, for God and for Gideon. Don't you understand all God needs is a word to set you free? He will cause your enemy to slaughter themselves. All you got to do is decree it. God, I decree my enemies dead now. I decree my enemies kill themselves out of fear of me because I'm walking with you. Because that's exactly what happened with Gideon. As they screamed and charged down the mountain, the Midianites went into confusion and killed each other. They killed each other. They didn't have to swing a sword. They didn't have to swing a shield. All they had to do was make a decree. That's a miracle. I came to a battle with no weapons in one. 
How you come to a battle with no sword and win? How? How? How do you come to a battle or not carnal? Say that. But they're mighty through what? The pulling down of strongholds. God says, I'll bring you to a battle with no gun and watch you win. And wait, not only win, you won't even get shot. Because that's what I could do. That's who I am. It is a, say that again. It's a fixed fight. We, how many fixed fights that we miss because we're afraid? How many fights we don't step into because we are scared of it? God says, I already rigged the fight. All you got to do is get in the ring. That's it. Just get in the ring. Watch the fight be handed to you. That's what courage is. Courage says, I'm going to get in the ring even though I ain't got no boxing gloves. I don't got no boxing skills, but God said, get in the ring. So let me get in the ring. See, courage is God will make you 10 feet tall when you're four feet short. He'll make your enemy see you as 10 feet. And you four foot. You can't even drive straight without looking over the dashboard. But to your enemy, you a giant. Yo, why is this not on my paper? Like, listen, listen. Listen, Father. So let's finish talking about Gideon, right? So... A lot of people may feel like the story is a great story. It's a good story. It's a story that God really shows his hand in, right? He really shows what he was able to do with a mighty man of valor who thought he lacked the skill. A mighty man of valor who didn't believe in himself. A mighty man of valor who had to take multiple signs to just believe that he could do it. How many Gideons in here? How many of us need a lot of signs to... Listen, how many of us need a lot of signs? I ain't going front. It's me. God, uh, look, you sure you want me to say that? How many of us wrestle with ourselves and wrestle with our ability? How many of us do that? Let me, let me tell y'all Something ill that God told me. God says we're time travelers. I'm explaining. God says we're time travelers, right? Don't you understand? Every time you have a dream, every time you have a vision, every time you speak a prophetic word, you travel in time through the spirit to the future, pull the word, come back and deliver it. That's time travel. We time travel in the spirit. Because God says, I'm pulling you from your prepared place, not your present place. I'm pulling, I'm pulling from your abundance into your lack so I could fulfill the lack and have you operate in the future already. God speaks to us in future tense. Everything he does is prophetically decreed over us. He says we were a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We were heirs and joint heirs. How many broke heirs you know? I'm just being honest. Princes and broke royalty, do you know? Why are we speaking from a place of a pauper when we should be speaking from the place of a prince? See, that's the problem. We don't operate in our future now. God, I know I don't got it right now, but I'm a prince. You call me royalty. So if I'm royalty, that means I can pull it now. I can operate in it now. 
God says, I can go in the strength that I have now. So I'm going to do just that. I'm going to speak from a prepared place, not from a place of lack, not from a place of needing, but a place of fulfillment. Understand how deep this thing is. God has been speaking to us in future tense all over the Bible. All over the Bible. When he gave Joseph the dream of the corn and the cows bowing down, God went to Joseph's future, said, this is who you are. I need to show you it so you can speak to them so they can put you where you need to be to fulfill it. Understand something. Future tense comes with a price. If you want to hear God in future tense, it comes with a price. I don't know your price you're going to have to pay, but it comes with a price. It comes with something. Because again, when God trusts you enough to give you a glimpse of the future, there's always somebody here who wants to keep you in the present. There's somebody here that says, yo, I don't, I don't like that. How come it's you and not me? How come I can't get what you have? How come I can't be who you are? See, identity or lack thereof causes you to covet another man's identity and copy his identity. When God says, I made you an original. I cannot be Pastor J.R. Samuel. I don't want to be either. Now he don't, but I know who I am. I know what God put in me. I'm going in the strength that I have because if I try to operate with another man's armor, I'm going to die. Remember David, right? When David went to the battlefield to fight Goliath, Saul tried to put his armor on him, but it was too heavy and was too big. David said, all I need is a sling and some stones because I'm going in the strength that I have. My strength is in the sling and the stone and knowing who God called me to be. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he gets to talk about my God that way? Who is he that he gets to talk about my God? I don't want your armor because your armor don't work for me. I'm using my sling, my stone, and my word. Right? David was separated to be king even before he was king. Right? He was in the field separated, taking care of sheep. He was shepherding. What is a king? What is a pastor but a shepherd? Right? Because David defended them sheep with his life. For lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. But in that alone time, in that time by himself in the field, David got to know who he was. Ring the alarm. David got to know who he was. He got to understand who he was called to be. Because God said, although you're taking care of sheep now, I'm going to need you to shepherd my people later. Understand, we don't even know how much of the future we operate in every day. We don't even say, God is ordering us already in future steps and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize that we're walking in future steps already. So, what I, what I really felt when I began to study and uh, pray about this word, there was such an activation on this word. Because God literally wants us to begin to pull our futures into our present. He literally wants us to start operating from a prepared place and not a place of lack. Stop looking at your now and look at your next. If my future says that I can have it now, then let me go into that. If my future says that I can operate from the place that I already have it, let me, let me, let me live in that. Let me live in abundance and not lack. Let me live in enough and not not enough, right? Let me live 
and fulfillment and not failure. Because you are not a failure. Because if God called you to be, don't you understand he covered your, your present already? But we're so caught up on what we see that we can't even see past what we see. Ah, man. Father, thank you. How many of us ready, are ready to, let me put it this, how many of us are ready to go back to the future? How many of us are ready to go back to the future? Because remember, when you tap into the spirit, you operate in future tense. How many of us are ready to go back to the future? How many of us are ready to tap into that place? How many of us are ready to tap into that place that says, yo, this is who I am? This is who I'm called to be, and I'm going to start walking in that. How many of us are ready to go back to the future? David, not even David. While I was studying, God showed me Jacob. And Jacob's name is Trickster, right? It means Trickster. God says, for too long... You've been listening for Jacob when I've been talking to Israel. You've been listening for Jacob, but I'm talking to Israel. God says, I'm pulling Israel out of you now. He says, no longer can I speak to Jacob because Jacob is a trickster. Jacob doesn't have the capacity to live in what I've called you to be. I'm speaking to your future identity to make it your present identity. Jacob, God spoke to Paul out of Saul. He said, I can't speak to the murderer. I got to speak to the protector. Because, yeah, you may be a murderer now, but your future says protector. You may be lacking now, but your future says abundance. You may be poor now, but your future says wealth. God says, I need to circumvent what you look like and speak to what you are going to be. Because, hello, future, my name is. I need to speak to the who you are. I need us to begin to allow God to speak to the who we are and not to the who we look like. Because your clothes that you have on now aren't worthy of the garments you're getting ready to put on. Right? I may have on some regular jeans, but you know, in the future, I got on Gucci. I'm royalty, baby. I got on nice clothes. I got on good garments, right? Yeah, I got on good garments. Because again, when you, when you allow God to tap into your future and to tap into where he's taking you, some miracles that you're waiting for are locked up on you changing the nature of your speech. Literally, a word is keeping you from a breakthrough. A word. A mindset. It's keeping you from operating where you need to be. Because you're looking at yourself in the present tense when God says the future is where you already are. So stop talking to the you now and talk to the you there. You can only do that one way, though. You got to tap into the spirit. There's no physical time machines, right? But when we worship, when we worship, we get to pull on the future. Don't you understand? We are pressing the future buttons and worship. We are saying, God, you told me 
In 20 years, I was going to be this. But I'm, I'm pulling a little bit of that into my now because I need it right now. I need you to do something for me that you were going to do then now. So let me tap into you so I could go into the future and pull it out. Listen, I'm not operating in the present no more. I, I want God to talk to me from future tense. I want him to speak to me from my prepared place. I want him to speak to me from the place that he calls me prophet and pastor. Don't you understand revelations that we get come from the future? I'll be saying some things. I'll be like, where did that come from? What is that? But God says, I'm giving you a glimpse of your future and I'm allowing you to speak a little bit of future now. So I begin to decree over myself. I am worthy. I am valuable. I am brave. I have enough. There is no lack. There is only abundance. Because again, speaking to your now from your future self shifts your identity. It shifts your identity from Jacob to Israel, from Saul to Paul, right? It shifts your identity from who you were called to be there into who you are going to be now. So as I close, I just wanted to say, this was not my plan for myself. I ain't planned to be serving God the way I serve him. That is not what I saw. I wanted to be a physical therapist, y'all. That's really, really what I wanted to be. But life, circumstances, whatever have you, shifted my attention and, and my, my ambitions to other things. The one thing I always realized God had me do was deal with people. I've always been dealing with people. Every job I've had has been a job dealing with people. And I've been able to bless people just by speaking to them. So God was already having me operate in my future and my present. Right? He was already having me operate from the place that I'm good at. From a place that I didn't even realize I was good enough in. So it's no more I'm not good enough. As a matter of fact, I'm too good. I'm too good. I'm too good to sit around begging when I'm the lender and not the borrower. I'm too good to sit around waiting for a word when God says, speak to yourself. I'm too busy to try to get from you what I can already pull into myself. God says, go in the strength that I have. He ain't say go in the strength that Ebony's going to give me. He said, go in the strength that you have and watch miracles happen. So hello, future. My name is Courage. This concludes another life-changing teaching from Hungry for God Church. For social media updates and more teachings from our pastors and leaders, please visit our site, h4gchurch.com.